Welcome to the Nova Church's podcast. We are a vibrant, dynamic, multicultural church in Alexandria, Virginia. Join us at 11 a.m. on Sundays. For more information, go to www.thenovachurch.com. We're excited to share this week's message with you. God bless. Today to have a special treat. Now, I think that uh, this is our first time since we have gone into um, into remote service. Uh, so since March 14th, this will be the first time that we have a live guest speaker. Uh, we have had a lot of guest speakers over the last year, but often we video them in from where they are. And uh, I am so excited this morning to have a great speaker, someone that is uh, not a stranger to our church. Uh, Brother Jerry West is a good friend. He preached for us last year, and, uh, and he is somebody that our church supports. Uh, we support them every month, sowing into the D.C. Uh, area as they are planning a church in the District of Columbia. And we are so excited about planting more churches in our region. Amen. Because what we know is, is that we need more churches. And even if we had a church, the largest church in the nation of, of 40,000 people, I think, is uh, uh, Joel Osteen. If you had the largest church in the whole nation, you still need more churches because 40,000 people pales in comparison to the 5 million people that live in our metropolitan area. And so we know that we need more churches, and I am so thankful for him to come, and I can't wait till him and his family get here. Uh, I have known Brother Jerry West a long, long time. Uh, before either of us were married, I've known him for 14, 15 years, and he is a dear friend of mine, one of the funniest people on the planet. And uh, I just absolutely not only love him as a friend and respect him as a minister, but I can't tell you how great of a preacher he is. And uh, I am so thankful for him. But let me share this with you is that uh, Brother Jerry West uh, is not just a great preacher, great friend, great guy, one of the funniest people you'll ever meet. But you know what? Last week uh, he had some services canceled as he's deputizing. And if you don't know what deputizing means, that means that they literally are traveling around from church to church, asking churches to partner with them so that they can go to their mission. And we do that with our global missionaries, which is often going over uh, to foreign countries that may not have the gospel. Well, we also have North American missionaries. And those people are going to plant a church in a city where there really isn't a church or they need more churches. And uh, so service canceled last week. He said, bro, I want to come and help you all into your church. How can I help move? And so last week he flew here and he worked Friday night and Saturday and painting our entire sanctuary. And uh, and he worked till six, seven o'clock last uh, on Saturday night last week. And then uh, he said, man, service canceled again due to some weather and stuff happened in the mid in the middle uh, of the country. And I said, well, bro, why don't you come back? And he said, how about I come back and help you again? And I said, okay, here's the deal. If you come back, though, you have to preach for me on Sunday. And so I said, that's the deal. And so he flew in Friday night and then Saturday morning uh, worked. And he worked literally, he was up there at 9 in the morning. We left at 11 o'clock last night and uh, worked just all day up at our church. And 
I'm thankful for that. And I, you would never know that. But the reason I tell you that isn't just to say what this guy is, but he's not just about the pulpit. He's about ministry and the gospel and seeing people saved. And he said, man, anything I can do to help, I'm here to serve. And uh, that's the type of minister that's coming to preach to you today, a genuine man of God. And so I pray that you'll open your hearts and open your spirit to the word of God this morning. Would you welcome with me Brother Jerry West as he comes to preach the word this morning? Thank you, Pastor Travis. And uh, hello, Nova Church. Good to be with you today. We're on. Uh, Hello, Nova Church. We'll try again. Uh, lots of technical difficulties around here today. Uh, it's good to be with you, and we love Pastor Travis, Sister Amber, and we love Nova Church, and we are so excited about what's coming in the future for this church. We believe God has great things um, for this local assembly and for the region, and we're just excited to get to the region and be a part of it. But specifically for Nova Church, getting into your new building and being able to worship uh, together again, I know it's been a long 10 months for you guys, and uh, we're excited about what God has for you in these next few weeks. And to be able to be a small part of the building there, uh, it's just a real honor for me. Um, let's go in our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter number 17. Luke, chapter number 17. I'm not going to preach too long today. Somebody said recently that there is a fine line between a long sermon and a hostage situation. And I don't want to hold anybody hostage. Um, how many would just be honest and say you've been in a church service that lasted too long before? I think all of us could say we've been there. My son Parker, he's seven now, when he was six, uh, so last year he was in a church service that he thought went too long. But he was going to do something about it. And he had a, an idea that he thought was genius. He was in Sunday school class and he raised his hand, interrupting the teacher in the middle of her lesson. And he said, my stomach hurts. I think you need to go and get my mom and tell her we need to leave now. And thankfully it wasn't the teacher's first time, uh, it wasn't her first rodeo, so to speak. And uh, this was before COVID. You know, now if somebody said that, we'd call in the National Guard, burn the church down, start over next week. Uh, but she said, okay, Parker, if your stomach hurts, as soon as my lesson is over, I'll send somebody and go get your mom. But what Parker didn't know was that this particular Sunday school teacher had a habit. It was his first time in the Sunday school class that she would hand out candy at the end of her lesson. And uh, she begins to distribute the candy and she skips over Parker which I should probably talk to her about now that I think about it. But uh, she skipped over Parker, and Parker, while not wise enough to know that the whole my stomach hurts trick wasn't a new trick, uh, he was smart enough to know that he was in trouble. And so he raises his hand trying to be as innocent as possible and says, hey, what about me? Am I going to get some candy? And she says, well, Parker, you know, if your stomach hurts, you probably don't need any candy. But without any hesitation, Parker just throws both hands up to heaven and shouts out, Jesus just healed me. <laughs> and so I pray for my kids. They both need the Holy Ghost. Uh, of course, when you're watching online, you can just walk away if I go too long. And I don't want you to do that. So let's go in the word of the Lord to the book of Luke, chapter number 17, beginning at verse number 11. The words of uh 
the physician Luke here, as he records in Luke 17, 11, says, It came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, notice this now, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Two questions that Jesus asked in this moment. Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Now we know the answer to the first question. Luke has already told us that answer. There were ten men who were cleansed. But the second question goes unanswered in Scripture. We can't find it in any of the Gospels. But perhaps it's possible that there is someone watching this morning that you know the answer because you are walking with them. I've come to ask you, where are the nine? Now, I know how online church goes. I know that it's very easy to watch, but not really be engaged. And I want to challenge you. We're at the very end of this season of online church here at Nova Church. I want to challenge you to open up your heart, your ears, to engage, because I think God wants to speak to us, and He wants to do something. And before we're off of this stream, I believe God can meet with you right where you are and challenge you and touch you in a fresh way. So would you just pray before we go into the word that God would speak to you? Lord, we love you. We thank you for the incredible privilege that it is to be a part of your church. And we pray that you would speak to us, that you would challenge us, that you would meet with us through your word tonight, today, God. Let your word challenge us. Let your spirit touch us, we pray. We thank you for what you're going to do. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Luke tells us that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Now, we're not told why Jesus was going to Jerusalem. We're not given an agenda. This oftentimes detail-laden book is silent as to what they expected to happen once they arrived there. But we do know for certain that the village that comes into focus here in Luke chapter number 17 was not Jesus' express destination. Luke says he was simply passing through. Yet as he passes through, Jesus' journey is slowed to a stop by ten men. Ten men that the physician remembers are lepers. Of course, leprosy... While it isn't a condition that's common to us, I can't say that I've ever met anyone that is a leper. I do know that it does exist in certain parts of the world today. But in the Bible times, it was very common. It was something that they were familiar with. And it's a terrible, debilitating disease. It affects the nervous system initially. It's unseen, undiagnosed, until it begins to reveal itself on the flesh. And at that point, uh, someone who suffered with leprosy would have to go into a priest and show himself to the priest. And their entire lives would be dictated by Leviticus 13, the law of leprosy. And it would dictate of them that they would have to leave their home, their family, their friends, their jobs. And they would have to uh, live alone, Leviticus 13 would tell them. 
The reality is, I don't think any of us watching today could put ourselves in the shoes of the lepers. We couldn't say that we know what it feels like. We've never had somebody look at us and tell us that we have to leave our family, our friends. We, Because of a condition in our lives that we would have to isolate from everyone permanently. This was permanent social distancing. And, and yet, while we couldn't put ourselves in the shoes of these lepers with their condition, if we were to be honest this morning, all of us could put ourselves right where the lepers are when we are introduced to them, not in their condition, but in their position. The Bible says they were afar off from Jesus. And while none of us know what it's like to hear the words, you're unclean, while none of us know what it's like to have to be permanently pushed away from our community of friends and family members, all of us have been where these lepers are in Luke 17. They were afar off from Jesus. You have been afar off from Him. The Bible, of course, tells us it was their condition that separated them from Jesus. And so it is for us. All of us have in us a condition that left untreated, undiagnosed, undealt with, we will find ourselves afar off from Him. And that condition is the condition of sin. When you are born in this world, you are born with this terrible condition, the condition of sin. And sin is a great separator. It will separate you from your friends. It will separate you from your family. When you allow it to work in your life, it will separate you from your relationships. But most importantly, it separates us from God. When we allow sin to work in our lives, it separates us from His love and from His power and from His mercy in our lives. And when you came to Him, you were separated from Him because of this condition of sin. But sin is not the only thing that does it. The Bible tells us that there was a man who, when Jesus showed up into his place, his island, that the Bible says he was afar off from God, not because of a condition. But the Bible says when we are introduced to him that he can't even speak for himself. Instead, the devils inside of him speak for him. And they say, we are legion, for we are many. The Bible says he was afar off from Jesus. But if I could say it this way this morning, it wasn't a condition that separated him from God. It was opposition that did it. And while it may, been, it may have been a while for most of us since sin was the thing that created distance between us and God, it has not been so long for many of us since we have felt that distance between us and Him. Feeling as though there's some great space, some divide that separates us from God's power and His presence and His love. And sometimes the thing that does it in our lives, it isn't a condition, it's not sin, but it's opposition. When the enemy attacks our mind and our heart, when things come against our home, and, and sometimes it's the enemy, sometimes it's just the opposition of life and the storms and the trials and job situations. When they begin to come against us, we find ourselves feeling as though there is some distance between us and God. Perhaps even on this Sunday morning, you feel afar off from His joy, afar off from His peace, afar off from His presence. 
you, you were watching this morning and you were trying to worship, but you couldn't feel what others were feeling. You couldn't, you couldn't sense the joy or the peace of God, but no, all you feel is afar off. I tell you that opposition will create distance between you and God. It'll make you feel as though there is some great divide that you cannot conquer on your own. You feel afar off. And then we are lastly told of a man through the parable of Jesus and the tax collector. Jesus says this man was afar off. He wasn't afar off because of a condition or even because of opposition. But he was afar off because of his own decisions. He began to make decisions in his life that, that created the distance that existed between him and others and him and God. Because, you know, the reality is you can do things in your life. You can make decisions that aren't even sinful, at least on the surface. And before long, you find yourself at distance between you and God because of decisions. Your condition can do it. Sin can do it. Opposition can do it. And your decisions can do it. But can I just remind you on this Sunday morning that in every single example that we are given in the Scripture where people found themselves afar off, when the lepers were afar off because of their condition, the Bible makes it plain that they begin to cry out to Jesus and their cry eliminated the distance. When that man who was a leper, who was separated because of opposition, when an entire army of devils was coming against him in his life, the Bible says he began to worship and worship eliminated the distance. And when that man who because of his own decisions was separated from God the Bible says he cried out for mercy and mercy eliminated the distance can I just preach to you on this Sunday morning for a few moments and tell you it is not the will of God that you find yourself separated from God's power from his presence from his love or from his touch but it is his plan his will and his desire that every one of us feel close to him that we feel his joy that we feel his presence that we feel his power so even on this Sunday morning, wherever you are, you can begin to lift up your voice. And when sin has separated you from Him, you can begin to cry out to Him and God's presence will come near. When the enemy's been coming against you, you're attacking your mind, your heart, your spirit, and you feel depression and anxiety and fear and all of those things that the enemy brings with him, and you feel as though it's keeping you from God's power and His touch, you can begin to worship Him even right now and God's presence would become uh, near to you wherever you are and if your own decisions have done it, and I feel the Holy Ghost even right now, that you could begin to cry out for mercy and mercy would bring Him near. Right where you're sitting or standing, wherever you are right now, would you begin to lift up your voice? Come on, would you begin to respond to the presence of the Lord here, God? You see where I am. You see the distance. You see the space between me and your presence, your power, your love. And I pray that your spirit would invade where I am. God, don't let my condition keep me from you anymore. I'm lifting up my voice. I need you. Lord, don't let the enemy keep me away anymore. I worship you. I need you. Come on. The Holy Ghost can begin to touch you even right now where you are. Would you really reach out to him? Come on. Begin to let tears flow down your face. Push through uh, the distance. Don't let the enemy or his lies keep you from him anymore. Don't let your decisions keep you from him anymore. Would you worship him, God? I need your touch. I need your power I need your presence I need you to come by here touch me in this place uh, I need your joy to be felt afresh again I need your peace to cover me again touch me with your presence I pray hallelujah hallelujah 
Come on, I know you feel what I feel right now. God wants to touch you today. God wants to move in your heart and in your spirit today, but you've got to make up your mind. I refuse to stay afar off. Your position does not have to be permanent. Your separation from God's presence doesn't have to be permanent, but even right now on this Sunday morning, God can touch you again. You can feel His mercy again. You can feel His power, His presence, His touch again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They were afar off, but their cry eliminated the distance. The question isn't whether or not you're capable, it's whether or not you have the desire to. If your desire is to feel Him today, you're not too far, your condition is not too great, but the Bible says they begin to cry out, and God saw I don't know how far they were. They were afar off, and their condition dictated it demanded of them that they keep distance between them and everyone and yet they were not too far for God to hear their cry hear me now you are not too far for God to hear your cry you are not too far for God to hear your voice I know the enemy says that there's a great space that there's great distance oh but you're not too far you're not too far God can hear your voice he can hear your cry and notice what happens when he saw them he began to speak and His Word began to speak promise into them. Now, it didn't seem like a promise to us as we read it, perhaps. It says that He says to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. Well, how does that sound like a promise? Well, some study of Scripture would, would tell us that, that Jesus was reaching back over 2,000 years to Leviticus 14. They've been living their lives according to the law of leprosy in Leviticus 13. But suddenly Jesus reaches to Leviticus 14, the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. The Bible says there, he shall go and present himself or show himself to the priest. Because when your cry eliminates the distance, God's voice begins to speak. And when he speaks, he speaks promise. He reaches to this 2,000-year-old promise, letting us know that the promise of God does not have an expiration date. And this promise that has not been exercised in all of the Old Testament was deposited right there for this moment. Some of you, you feel like the promise of God has expired in your life, that God can't do it or won't do it. But hear me, if you'll get into the presence of God on this Sunday morning, God will speak fresh promise and He'll speak fresh hope into your life and into your circumstance. Go and show yourself to the priest. He spoke promise to them, but understand that this promise didn't change the way they felt in the moment. Now, I believe that God is able to heal in a moment, deliver in a moment, that God is able to restore in a moment, that what God can do in your life, certainly the Scripture is filled with words like immediately and straightway. Straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. That's the kind of miracle I want. And yet that's not the miracle they got, and sometimes it's not the miracle we get. Jesus... He attached the promise to a command. Go and show yourself to the priest. In order to see this promise coming to pass, it's going to require something of you. So when Jesus speaks this promise to them, they're still sick. They're still battling the same thing they were battling. You know, sometimes you can have the promise of God, the word of God can speak over you, and you can still feel the same way. And so the question then became, what are you going to do with the promise? What are you going to do when you've heard the word, but you haven't seen his hand? 
when, when you believed but you haven't seen, when you've prayed but it hasn't come to pass yet, what do you do in that space in between where you feel like you have a promise that hasn't come to pass yet? And thankfully, the Bible doesn't leave us guessing or wondering what they do with the promise. The Bible simply says they went. You see, sometimes what God wants to do in your life is going to happen in a process, not in a place. It's going to happen in the movement instead of in a moment where you put one faith-filled step in front of another and somewhere along the way in the process of trusting God and believing in Him and depending on His Word and being faithful to the promise and clinging to the hope that He has given you even when you don't see His hand at work, somewhere along the way, the Bible doesn't say what step it was because it wasn't so important which step it was. It was about that there were steps being taken, the direction that they were going. I ask you on this Sunday morning, which direction are you going? Are you walking toward the promise? Are you still believing that God is working? Are you still believing that God is moving? Are you still believing that God is able to do what He said that He would do? And as they put one faith-filled step in front of another, the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. Somewhere along the way, as they trusted God and believed in God and depended on God. See, the enemy has tried to convince some of you that God isn't working because he knows that there is power in your step. And if the enemy could stop you one step short of a breakthrough or a promise, you better believe that he will do everything that he can to do it. You may be one prayer away from seeing God work for you. You may be one more day, one more faith-filled step. You may be one more church service away. You may be one prayer meeting away from seeing God's displayed promise in your life come to pass. So you got to keep on trusting. you got to keep on praying. you got to keep on believing. you got to keep on coming to church and being faithful to the promise of God and just believe that if God said it, it's going to come to pass. The promises of God are yea and amen. I know it hasn't happened yet. I know you haven't seen him come to God yet. I know the job hasn't gotten better yet, but you keep on trusting that God is at work in your life and somewhere along the way, you're going to look back and you're going to say, look what the Lord has done. Come on, would you begin to lift up your hands in your voice and begin to speak promise in your heart and life one more time. God, help me to keep putting one foot in front of another. Help me to keep trusting you and depending on you and believing that what you said will come to pass. Hallelujah. The revival that God promised the Nova Church, it will come to pass. The ministry that God promised into your life, it will come to pass. You've got to keep putting one foot in front of another. As they went, they were cleansed. And of course, the focus of the scripture changes now suddenly from ten men and it narrows to one. And we preach a lot about this one, and rightfully so. We preach about how this man turned back. And some have even acknowledged the fact that he was a Samaritan. As a Samaritan, this man... What sounded like a promise to the others did not sound like a promise to him. Go and show yourself to the priest. As a Samaritan, this man had no priest. There was nowhere for him to go. It didn't seem like the promise was for him. It would seem as though his past excluded him, that where he was from canceled him out. And what sounded like a promise to everyone else sounded like an opposition to him. And so it is so many times for us when we hear the promises of God preached and declared 
We think of all kinds of reasons why the promise can't be for us, why God can't do it in our lives, in our ministries, in our jobs, in our circumstances, in our church. We think of all the reasons that God can't do what He just said He would do. And yet, this man, while facing so many questions, no doubt, he did not allow his doubt to stop his step. Understand this now. Your doubt cannot stop God as long as you don't let it stop you. I don't know how much doubt he had. I'm sure it was a lot because he knew that once he got there to the temple to meet the priest, there was no, no priest was going to see him. The priest had no power over him. And yet, while faced with so much doubt, he decided to keep stepping. I ask you today, are you letting your doubt stop your step? If your doubt stops your step, it'll stop God. But if you'll say, I'm going to keep on trusting, I'm going to keep on walking, I'm going to keep on believing, if you will do that, you're going to see the promise of God come to pass. And so it was, the Bible says, as they went, as the people who had doubt, as the people who didn't know how it was going to work out, as those people kept trusting and believing, I know you have doubt, I know you have more questions than you have answers, but keep on trusting Him anyways, keep believing, keep walking, keep trusting, keep depending on Him, and watch God work for you. As they went, they were cleansed. And yet here we are at the conclusion of the text. The Bible says this one man, he saw that he was healed. He turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. We preach so much about this one. He was a man who was aware of what God was doing and turned back and worshipped him. And yet as Jesus sees this one, he has the nine on his mind. And we spend so much time on the one. But I want to ask you for a few moments today about the nine. The nine. Nine men who were changed, who were impacted, who were, who were supernaturally touched by the presence of God. These nine men received the same touch as the one who we preach about so often and we focus on. But Jesus says, what about the nine? Where are the nine? Nine men who were initially separated because of condition. Nine men who couldn't feel what, what others felt, the closeness and the touch. Suddenly, the condition that had separated them is, is washed away. And yet these nine men, the Bible says, they keep walking. And suddenly the distance that was once created by a condition is replaced by something so much more terrible. It was replaced by distraction. Because hear me on this Sunday morning. What the enemy cannot do with a condition, he will do with distraction. What sin can't do in your life, distraction can. What opposition can't do in your life, distraction can. And so it was for these men. They allow a greater distance to come between them and God than had ever existed before because they were distracted and they kept walking where one man said, I've got to get close to God. I've got to be at His feet. I've got to be in His presence. And when he was in His presence, he received a greater touch, greater supernatural blessing, greater revelation. And the nine walk out of the pages of Scripture never to be written about again. And Jesus says, where are the nine? We're not told where they go. These are men who were blessed, but they were busy. 
they had places to go, people to see. We can't blame them. I don't know how long they had been away from their families and friends, but they wanted to go and spend some time with them. I'm sure they had jobs to catch up on. They had things to do. And so it is for us. There's a lot of things stealing our attention that demand our focus, and they're not bad things, but I ask you to examine your feet on this Sunday morning and to ask yourself, am I with the nine? Have I allowed the distance that once existed between me and God because of sin or because of opposition to be replaced by distance caused by distraction? Have I allowed the times, the circumstance, the politics, the division of the day, the things happening around me to pull me away from God's presence, to, to take away the desire that I once had to be close to Him? Am I with the nine? Jesus asked this question of a man who couldn't answer, a man who had already purposed some time back to walk away from them, to leave them, and to get in the presence of God. But perhaps it's possible, as I rush to a close today, that you could answer the question that this man could not, that you have found yourself walking with the nine, blessed, touched, but busy. And so here we are in these opening moments really of 2021 on the precipice of walking into this new promise, a new building. And I ask you to examine where you are on this Sunday morning. To look at your feet and to ask yourself, am I with the nine? Is there distance between me and the power of God and the presence of God, the touch and the mercy of God? Not because of sin, but because of distraction. I believe the greatest threat to the church today is not sin, it's distraction. There are so many things that want to pull us away. So here we are on this Sunday morning as you close your eyes and you bow your head wherever you are. And I believe that the presence of the Lord is near you even right now. And I ask you, how far are you from Jesus? How far are you from His presence, from His power and His touch? I tell you, the Bible says, if happily we might feel after Him, we'd find Him, though He be not far from any one of us. Your condition doesn't have to separate you. Your, your opposition, the enemy can't keep you away. The, the decisions that you've made in the past don't have to do it. And distraction doesn't have to do it. What was it that eliminated the distance caused by distraction? The Bible says He saw that He was healed. He was aware, there was an awareness. So I ask you, to be aware of the goodness of God in your life. God has been so good to us. He has kept us through a year that could have taken us out. He kept us on our jobs when we could have lost them. He's been so good to us. So here in these opening moments, really, of 2021, I want to make sure I get as close to Him as ever. This is a good time to do it. We've been on a media fast now. You're going into a Daniel fast and you're recommitting, you're rededicating. God, come near to us. Touch us with your presence. We're going to take a moment and we're going to pray right now. And whatever it is that is separating you from God, if, if your condition is doing it, if sin has come into your heart and life, you can repent. You can cry out to God and God will eliminate the distance. If, if the enemy's been coming against you, if there's opposition that has done it, that has stolen the joy and the peace and the presence of God from you, you can begin to worship God even right where you are and your worship will eliminate the distance. But for so many of us, it is distraction that has done it. And the only thing that will do it is your own awareness. You've got to think of the goodness of God and all He's done for you. 
and you've got to begin to worship Him, and you've got to come near to Him, and just get at His feet and give Him thanks. Thanksgiving will do it when distraction is the thing that's done. And so whatever it is right now, would you begin to reach up to God and ask Him to touch you? Even right there where you're at, God can move for you. If it's been a while since you've been filled with His Spirit, since you felt the renewal of the Holy Ghost, God can renew you in the Holy Ghost, even right there in your living room. Come on, reach up to Him. God, we need you. We need your power. We need your presence. We need your touch. Oh, God, touch us in this place right now, we pray. Those who are separated because of a condition, that they've allowed sin into their hearts and their lives, God, let them cry out to you for forgiveness. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Wash us clean today. Let us feel the peace of God. Let us feel the renewing power and presence of God. God, those of us who the enemy's been coming against and attacking our minds, our hearts, our spirits, let worship come. Lord, we worship you. Come into our homes. Invade our places right now. Come on, if distraction is done, refocus your heart, your spirit. You've been so good to me, God. You've had so much mercy for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God can forgive you today. God can renew you today. God can restore you today. Let's sing this song together. And let's let's seek after His presence. I need you. I need you, God. Forgive me for every distraction. Forgive me for every time I've allowed the enemy to keep me away. For every time I've allowed relationships to keep me away. I need you, God, restore in this place. Restore the joy of thy salvation in our hearts. Let the peace of God invade us today. Cover us with your touch, we pray. Come on, don't leave this moment without him. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God remains you Hallelujah. Your promise is too true. There's nothing you can't do. Faithful and true, though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast and let my heart. Amen. Hallelujah. I wonder if you will do that right now across every place. Hallelujah. I believe that right now God can begin to deliver you. I want you to begin to bind every distraction and every ounce of doubt. In the name of Jesus, I wonder if you would do that right now. If you would begin to say, Lord, I bind every ounce of distraction. I bind every single thing that would begin to come against God. I pray against every distracting thing, God, that is detouring me off my promises, off my victory, off my healing. In the name of Jesus, God, hallelujah. For, Lord, you will open up that door that we can walk through it. And I declare in the name of Jesus, God, no condition is greater than your power or your authority. And in the name of Jesus, God, I declare freedom and liberty right now. Hallelujah. I worship God. I declare, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, mercy, God, that it may bring me out. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. For, Lord, your promises are good and your promises are true. Hallelujah. God, we put our faith in you. We trust in you today, God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, right now for what you're doing. 
in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I worship your name. Lord, I thank you today. Would you begin to declare it right now in your name? Lord, I thank you, Jesus, God, that, Lord, you're going to bring me out of this. You're going to bring me through this. In Jesus' name, if you're at home, if you're watching with somebody, I wonder if you would pray for them right now. I wonder if you would begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus and say, right now, Lord, touch them, move in them. Have your way, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Yes, God, I declare freedom and victory. I feel it releasing in the name of Jesus, God, that, Lord, I bind the enemy and his desire and his devices and his traps. In Jesus' name, God, Lord, I declare right now that you're going to bring us out of this. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today, Jesus. Lord, we lift you up in the name of Jesus. Oh, mighty God. Your name. Yes, God, your name, God. We lift you up in the name of Jesus, God. I pray, Father, that you would touch them right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. I thank you today, Lord, for the word. Amen. Are you thankful for the word this morning? Amen. What a great word by Pastor Brother West. And uh, we are so thankful for that. And I believe that that is something that you need to listen to again. Amen. I, I would challenge you that tomorrow or soon schedule to put it right in and to go back and rewatch this broadcast this podcast and listen to it again to let that get in your spirit that you know there's so much there that you may relate to one of those people that he had mentioned and, and the answer is to follow through as they went amen and i believe that sometimes god's waiting on us to go and when we begin to take the step all of a sudden, that's going to go. Last week, he had no idea what I preached and, and talked about doubt. And, and I'm here today to tell you that's a word for somebody that you keep doubting the promises of God and doubting what God wants to do. But don't doubt it because doubt can begin to put you into a place that will paralyze you. But when you begin to trust in God and move towards the promises of God, God's going to open that door. Amen. This is the year of open doors, Nova. And I believe that. Amen. Thank you again. Brother West, thank you so much for that word. Great, great job. We love you all and are very thankful.